They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzoir. Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. I've been around for a long, long year. Stole many a man's soul to waste. I'm pleased to meet you. Hope you guess my name. But what's puzzling you? the nature of my game. Oh yeah, welcome oh, everybody. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on Thoughts That Rock. It is the podcast that is about exchanging two pieces of life-changing advice. We try and do that in about a half an hour. Yeah, we know what life looks like, right? It's hard to get those little nuggets of wisdom. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we just want to make sure that we are providing you things that can amp up your life. So whether you are, I don't know, maybe you're washing dishes uh, at home or uh, maybe uh, you're forging a sword Mm -hmm. or I don't know, maybe you're swiping right, Jim. Mm -hmm. Um, We just want to be that 30 minutes that you look forward to each and every week. Yeah. And our show helps support Cannonball Kids Cancer. You've heard us talk about them before. They are an awesome nonprofit. They focus on providing options to kids with cancer who have been told that they basically have run out of options. The cool thing that CKC does, they help identify these innovative options, and then they actually help provide the funding necessary for that treatment. You just, you know, there's nobody else that can actually provide something like that. And and we love what Cannibal Kids Cancer does. Yeah, that's why we support them. Uh, Just a quick reminder, whatever format you're using to listen to the podcast, whether that's CastBox or Stitcher or Spotify or whatever it might be, uh, we would love it if you would take a moment and give us a rating. Uh, But even, even better than that, if you could leave us a short review, just those written comments are really what we need to get in front of the people we need to be in front of so that Mm -hmm. the show grows and we can donate more money to cannonball kids cancer no so doubt. no doubt listen whatever we need to do <laughs> to put you in the mood here we go you know when you hear this music oh, I, do. I know what it means i know it's it's business time all right our guest today is bobby williams the chairman of lizard's Thicket, which is a South Carolina-based family-oriented restaurant concept. And I actually had a chance to meet Bobby this year while doing a keynote talk for the uh, South Carolina Restaurant and Lodging Association. And just in meeting him, I knew that we needed to have his personality on the show. So, Bobby, welcome to Thoughts That Rock. Thank you. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yeah, us too. We, we're, we're excited. You know, And, and obviously, um, you can check out Bobby's full bio in the show notes, but couple things that I would mention. I know the brand's been around since 1977. Your parents started that, and uh, you also have a degree in restaurant and hotel management. So, you know, I think it was probably always in your blood, but it's now been in your family for 40 years or so. And uh, I understand you've got 15 restaurants underneath the whole chain, and it's got about 600 employees, and you're doing something like 
4.6 million customers is who you serve. So just knowing that it's in good hands with the family is uh, is awesome. Um, and, and maybe a first question. I was trying to share this a little bit with uh, Brant earlier before we started the show. Where did the name Lizard's Thicket come from? Uh all I can tell you is there was some scotch involved. <laughs> <laughs> that's so. what we figured. We thought that's what it was. Actually, uh, in the 1960s, we lived in Birmingham, Alabama, in a little small town of Hamilton, Alabama. There was a joint uh, named Lizard's Thicket. And uh, my father always loved that name. And when he just, we moved to South Carolina and he decided to open our restaurant, he was going to name it after my mother, Anna's country cooking but when he went to the the telephone company that name was already taken and so he was kind of stomped and he just said name it lizard's thicket and uh, the, the original lizard's thicket closed i don't know 50 years ago or, or something like that so we got the name and we had it copyrighted now there is another uh women's clothing chain that's done extremely well in the south and the name of it is lizard thicket so uh, I've got huh. to get in touch with them and see, you know, where, where they got their name from. But they did not have an S. It's just Lizard's Thicket. So yeah. we get a lot of phone calls, people saying, are you open in Charleston? Are you open in Charlotte or Greenville? <laughs> but it's not us. It's just a ladies' We like your store, clothing so. line. Yes. Yeah. Come in yeah. for a so delicious it's... meal and some Capri pants. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> what a combo. Yes. yes. <laughs> that is hilarious. That's I guess that's how brand names are started. Just on a whim and some scotch. Right. So, uh, Brant, you know, Bobby's highly involved in the community. You know, he sits on a lot of boards, including the National Restaurant Association. But I think the coolest thing that I saw in your bio, and I did not know this, I had to go and check it out, was that uh, Bobby was just awarded the Order of the Palmetto, which is like the highest civilian award that you can receive from the governor of South Carolina. And although he probably won't say it. He's kind of a big deal in South Carolina. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on that. It is. It well, is a big you. deal. Thank you. It was, it was quite an honor. It, it really was, especially being a, a native South Carolinian. Right. Um, it couldn't be better. It really couldn't. Well, you, you've done a lot for the industry. And, uh, you know, again, people can take a look at all that stuff in the uh, in the show notes. But, you know, versus our traditional interview style that you might see on probably other podcasts, we love to get right to the heart of the matter. And so... We're, we're going to open up the floor for you and, and ask you, what is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock, number one. Well, my thought is something I was taught and didn't realize it. It's being a being a, a giver and not a taker. And uh, before we were in the food business, my grandmother's been in the business since 1940. So I was raised in a hospitality family. And I heard all my life, it's better to give than to receive. But as a young child, I could never, it made no sense to me. And then finally, in in my early 20s, I went to a seminar. And that was the the entire message of the seminar is to be a giver and not a taker. And the light bulb went off for me because I have heard this all my life. And I thought to myself, what an idiot that I've heard this from my mother and my grandmother all my life. And it took going to a seminar for it to hit home. So at that point, that changed it. And I knew that I wanted to be a giver. Yeah. And that's and if you're in the hospitality business, you have got to be a giver. Yeah. There, there's there's no way to be successful if you take you can be successful 
for a short amount of time, but over the long term, you cannot be successful being a taker. Yeah. Mom always knows best, right? And and it is sort Absolutely. of funny that sometimes you do have to go hear the same message, you know, from a third party, non-threatening source, like a like a conference. Sometimes Brant and I, as speakers, if we go on stage, we may be saying the same thing that the CEO has been saying for years, but for whatever reason, they just need to hear a different voice and a different perspective, and maybe a little bit more organized. Do you remember what the uh, group was, what what the seminar was? I think it was called PSI. P-S-I oh, really? PSI. Okay. It years ago. It, it was, well, it was 40 years ago. But, but you know, Jim, when I heard you speak recently, what you were saying, I knew. Yeah. But I had forgot. <laughs> I had forgot. And you, we get so tied up in our every day trying to run these restaurants, but we forgot what made us get into this business. Yeah, and so from hearing you speak, I mean, it just gave me a a shot in the arm. Oh, that's great! So you know, uh, it really and so many people that were there my age. I mean, I've been doing this. I'm 66 now. I've been doing this since I was you know 13 years old. It was so refreshing to hear it again, and and that made me remember why I want to be part of this industry. And, and so it really hit home. It, it was really terrific. Awesome. Thanks for saying that. I appreciate it. That's amazing. Cause typically after I hear Jim speak, I need a shot of penicillin. It's the exact um, opposite for him. It's, yes. it's uh, I'm glad you had uh, that shot in the arm that you needed. It's I, about balance. It, really it is, is, balance, it is balance. It is. Bobby, I guess my question would be when you finally, when this hits you, uh, the importance of being a giver, obviously being in the restaurant business is, you're constantly giving to the customers, but is there, how else did this change your life? Did it change your life outside of the, you know, the, the hospitality business? Well, it, it, well, you have to give to everybody. You you have to give the employees. You've got to give them respect. No matter what jobs they do, you, you have got to give them respect. And, and it, it's everything you do after all these years. Now I've learned and we come in contact with takers, and you know what? We would say, well, you might get us this time, but you're not going to get us again. We won't do business with you again. We we just find – so I eliminate all takers out of my life. And so I'm at a point now where I really feel like I've surrounded myself with givers. Yeah. But you you just can't – you just – can't say I'm, I'm giving to my customers. You, you got to give to the employees, especially nowadays. You got to give to everybody. And, and uh, just – Doing a, a random acts of kindness um, is just part of our everyday life. Wanting nothing from it, wanting no credit for it whatsoever. You know, somebody told me one time, if if you do a, a charity work and you get credit for it, that doesn't count. You need to do something else. So mm, I've, I've kind I of thought that. about that over all these years, and and uh, it's it's just a different mindset. And we come into in, in contact with takers all the time, but I just try to eliminate them from my life. Yeah, I think it's, you know, that harkens back to, to my church days even of, you know, not not trying to take credit for the, those things and, and giving anonymously and, and making sure, you know, when I first when I first saw the thought and I started to think through it, I mean, the first thing that came to my mind is was all about the position of your heart. 
right? Because there are people who are givers that give for all the wrong reasons. Uh, and, and they are, you know, I'm going to give my $2 million because I want to see my name on the side of this building. Mm -hmm. I am going to give, uh, you know, because I, I, I'm expecting something in return. And I think, uh, as you said, giving without expectation is, is paramount, but also really the position of your heart, uh, as to why you're giving, uh, if you are giving because you're trying to make yourself, feel good or you're giving because you think it's just the right thing to do you have to really i think examine the position of your heart as a giver so that you're doing it authentically and in a way that's going to resonate with the people that are receiving it um one of the hardest things i think for me you know uh when so my son uh was uh sick for or was diagnosed with cancer and we spent a good year in the hospital with him battling and one of the most difficult things for me was being a receiver um, because I, I want to be a giver I, I want to be the one you know giving empathy helping people uh, when they need it but to accept other people's help was a really difficult thing as an alpha male who wants to be the provider who wants to be you know, the, the person in charge, um, it was a humbling experience to, to have to, to be in a position where I didn't really have a choice. If I wanted to be able to survive because I was not being able to work because I needed to be in the hospital at that time. And so the, the kindness of strangers, whether it was giving money for us to survive or giving blood for my son to survive in the moment, it was, uh, a, an incredible transformational experience that really has, I, I hope all these years later has made me a better giver. And, and I think that that's, um, you can't, you can't understate the importance of the position of your heart while you're giving. Is that, do you, have you found that to be the same? Well, absolutely. But, um, you know, let's don't get hung up on money. Mm -hmm. It's more than money. It's taking time with somebody. It's advice. Um, you never know what you say to somebody that makes a difference in their life. And so it's, it's helping people, um, not necessarily, you know, monetarily, but just being there for somebody. And, and uh, you know what? I think sometimes I, I try to do the right thing, and sometimes it comes full circle. Just like what you said happened to you, it came for full circle. Yeah. So sometimes someone might do something nice for one of my children that's a random act of kindness mm-hmm. and i kind of think to myself you know it, it, that could be some sort of payback i mean somewhere down the line i helped somebody and wanted nothing out of it and here it comes around to help one of my children or grandchildren so uh it's uh it's 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 bigger than you know much much bigger than than just the, the money part of it yeah it, it, and brand you were talking about you know, in scripture, and there's actually a lot in the Bible that talks about giving and, and, you know, I don't know if there's too much about taking, but it certainly focuses a lot on that. There's a great uh, verse in Acts that says, uh, givers are blessed. And, and because of that, they're freed from the destructive sin of greed. You know, they're, they're freed from that mentality of, I've got to get what's mine. You know, Brant and I talk all the time about this abundance versus scarcity mentality. And, you know, again, if, if you're a believer and you think every time I'm going to give to somebody, I will eventually get back tenfold, you know, and I think to your point, whether it's money or time or mindset or looking somebody in the eye and being present with them, 
you, you that will eventually come back to you. Not that that's the reason to do it. It's just a it's just a it's a given byproduct, if you will. So. I, th I think you're so smart in just making sure that you eliminate as many of those takers in your life, knowing that they're going to be out there. But whether something tangibly comes back to you or not is beside the point. You've got that servant's heart that when you give, you're, you're going to get back. And, the, and to your point also, you're focusing on the old uh, service profit chain, right? You're focusing on the employees in the way that you give to them and focus on them they will eventually par the, parlay that up to the customers. Do, do you find that as being? Well, yeah, but you, you, uh, I think you lead by example. And, you know, and honestly, uh, my brothers and sisters, my wife, my, all my children, we're all in the hospitality business. We go out of our way for our customer. I mean, there's nothing we would not do within reason for yeah. to make a customer happy. And, and that's just the way we live our life. I mean, my, you know, we're all givers. My wife is a giver. She, she gives, uh, you know, she's, she's raised in a restaurant business. So really it made it for us because I always worked long, hard hours like everybody does when they build a business. And she was right there, right next to me. And she understood what we were going through. And so, um, it's, it's a mindset that my whole family, yeah. Uh, that that is the what we believe in, and you know the the, the abundance part of it. I think it changes as, as your life uh, goes on. You know, at, at one time I had these goals, things I wanted to do in my life, and most of them were monetary. Uh, you know, I wanted to have this or this by a certain age, and you know, if we just kept our nose to the grindstone, and believe it or not, I forgot about those goals, but all those goals happened. Mm -hmm. but you you've got to be you've got to take risk and we always knew that if we lost it at some time we thought we were good enough and we could work hard enough to we could make it back again yeah we we could start back at the bottom again and build ourselves back up so and that's that's one thing my father instilled in us that he he had he had these dreams and he 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 made them happen you know he he, he dreamed big and, and made it happen. So um, we've never been scared to take a chance. Yeah. Yeah. But as older you get now, you're thinking, wait a minute now. Uh, it is. Uh, I don't know if that's the best idea. But uh, <laughs> at one time, in the, you know, in your 30s, you, you're invincible. Yeah, sure. So. Sure. And I, I, I keep telling that to my, my 48 year old hip that it's invincible, but it is not agreeing <laughs> with me these days. But, it, you know, even this, uh, this advice sort of harkens back to Angela Robb, um, on our very first episode that we had done that she talked about having the servant's heart and how she was oh, ser yeah. serving all these people for so long. And all of a sudden she found herself without a job. And now she had to go back to all these people that she was giving to and ask them for help. And, um, it was a it was an incredible experience for her, but one that really put her in a position to find her dream job again because she was giving without expectation. She wasn't giving because she knew one day she was going to lose her job and she was going to have to come with her tail between her legs and beg for for help. She was giving because she knew that that's what was in her heart that she wanted to do. Mm -hmm. She was trying to help others, and I think obviously, look, you've you've been doing this long enough, Bobby, to know that when you have that mindset. Your customers know it. They feel it. It's why they keep coming back. Yes, the food might be great, but if it's the experience um, that you're providing that that 
gives them an opportunity to see your heart and know why you do what you do. You know, I laugh right now. We're seeing all these ch- uh, chicken sandwich wars between Popeyes yeah. and Chick Fil A, right? And here's here's the thing. I ha- I tried the I tried the sandwich, the Popeye sandwich, and I have to tell you, it is it's amazing. Really, it's, it's really good. I actually Traitor. I actually like it better <laughs> than Chick Fil A. But let me tell you something. I will never ever go to Popeye's before I go to Chick-fil-A. You know why? Hmm. Because of the rest of the experience. I don't want to wait 45 minutes in line and have horrible service like I have at every Popeye's I've ever been to in my entire... It's the (laughs) only chicken place I've ever been to where I went there and they said, we're out of chicken. I'm like, what what else do you serve here? You're a chicken place. And they said, we got sides. <laughs> I'm like, who's coming here to order sides? And their answer was, you might be surprised. This so, episode is not sponsored by Popeye's. Uh, yeah, listen to that. <laughs> Popeye's needs your we love them. Popeye's needs both of our helps. Uh, uh, so they can hire us to consult and teach them how to give the proper customer service so that that sandwich has a prayer of a chance. But, you know, I, yeah. I think that it comes back to, again, the reason that a place like Chick-fil-A will never have to worry about it is because of the position of their heart and their, their sort of willingness to serve and be a giver to those that walk through their doors. That's what you feel the minute you walk through. And when I walk into a Popeye's, I feel like I've just interrupted something that I shouldn't be there for. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I was here to order the food that you are serving. Uh, but it's just a different feeling. And, and when people experience that, they want to come back and experience more. But you know what I find amazing since we're talking about different chains, but you know, you walk into a Lowe's or, or a Home Depot, they've all their employees, they said, you better greet the customer. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you've noticed, they all said, hello. Yeah. And it doesn't feel good. No. Right. If you go to a Waffle House this morning, they never look at you or anything. <laughs> they just, that's what they're taught to say, good morning, and that's it. But if you go to a Chick-fil-A, it feels good. It feels yeah. different. Yeah. Th- those people, it, that's just part of their, their culture. Yeah. And it, you know what? It's not fake. Yeah. And, and you, and you can't, you can't make people either. You say good morning or I'm going to fire you. you. You know what you get with that. Yeah. <laughs> but that seems like the other mindset and, and Chick-fil-A, it just rolls off their tongue. Yeah. You know, my yeah. pleasure. That's right. It so does. It's, just, feel, it's very authentic. Yes. It's absolutely authentic. So that, that comes course from the top yeah it's the truth well that's perfect uh as a great transition because we're going to talk about that exact thing you know one of the things we thought about looking at your thought is where could there be this great um perspective that we could add to it so i'm, I'm hoping that this is going to be pretty complimentary to yours so brant what is our thought that rocks thoughts that rock number two our thought that rocks is this there's a huge difference between being intentional and living with deliberate intention. And this is, this is something that I talk about all, all the time. And it was a, a hard lesson for me to learn. And it's this idea that I think we all have good intentions. We want uh, to, to be intentional that we are going to be successful or to have good relationships, but that is a far cry from being deliberate with our actions and I, you know, when I, when I see givers gain and takers lose, I look at that and say, man, that's really easy to be intentional about, but to be deliberate with your intention with regards to being a giver, that looks very different. And, and as I was sort of looking through how, how do we transition this? How do we, mm-hmm. how do we show deliberate intention with being a giver? 
you know, I saw, I, I ended up finding all these giver plans online where rather than just say, I want to have a, a servant's heart, I want to be a giver. People actually create these giver plans that say, you know what, I'm going to give X amount of percentage of my income uh, away. And, yeah. and here are the four organizations that I want to support. I am going to give one Saturday a month away to this soup kitchen or this local charity that I'm going to serve with my time. And I'm going to go down there and do that. And when they have these giver plans, the results end up being the, the outcomes are so much more powerful when you're that deliberate with your intention, as opposed to just sitting there saying, well, I'm a giver. Mm -hmm. Well, what does that mean? Right. When we're deliberate with our intention and we start to put things into play with our actions, then the outcomes have far more impact than just the thought of being a giver. Yeah. What do you feel about that, Bobby? Well, you know, I, I don't think any of us wake up in the morning and say, I want to do something good today, you know, I, but when the opportunity presents itself, it doesn't take me but a second or any of us just a second to say, man, that is the right thing to do. We have got to do the right thing. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's the same mindset. We, we know we want to do the right thing, but we know when it, we know when it's the right thing to do. So uh, I, I agree uh, with you. But when, when it's um, when it's bred into your culture, it, it just comes automatic, and and you got to be very careful. You know, there are people out there that that will get close to you to take advantage of you. You, you know what I mean? You just yeah. can't give to everybody. And and sometimes I don't know if this is being selfish or not. Sometimes if we do something, we want to see the result. I, I like. I like sometimes I like instant gratification. That's why I got in the restaurant business. That's why I became a short order cook mm -hmm. because I knew that if I fixed something and gave it to somebody and they enjoyed it, that did it for me. That yeah. you know, w within five minutes, I, I was I felt good. So um, that pushed me and pushed me to keep improving. You know what I did at that time of my life, and that's when I, I was started as a bartender, and I, I wanted to uh, end up as a short order cook. Now I'm running these restaurants, but you, you know, we're only as good as our last meal. Seems yep. like so. Yeah. But, um, but between deliberate and intentional, I, I really, I mean, it, sometimes it can be so close that just it, uh, you know, I, I really can't really uh, see the difference. Well, I'll Sometimes. give I'll give you my uh, an example that I that I found that really hit me, and this is how I f I feel most people. So so to me, if you don't if you don't own your five or six core values, uh, then you're winging it. You're winging your life. If you can't tell me what those five or th six things are, why you chose them, where they came from, and how you engage them on a daily basis, then you may be intentional, but you're certainly not being deliberate with your intention. And for me, I go back to uh, two years ago, we're in Los Angeles, we're recording a record with Big Kettle Drum. We finished the recording, now we're driving back across the United States because as musicians, you want to travel with all your own gear and your own amplifiers and you don't want to use things. You want your sound. And so that's the beauty of, of being <laughs> a, a stodgy musician wanting your own tone. But we ended up traveling across and we found ourselves early in the morning driving through uh, New Mexico. And it's about 6 a.m. There's not another car on the road. 
I am on the, in the left-hand lane and we're just driving. We're driving back to Florida. And all of a sudden I, I get pulled over and I, I'm going, I, I know I wasn't speeding. There's literally no other cars on the road around me. It's one of these long stretches in, in New Mexico. Um, and so I get pulled over. The, the cop comes to the window and he says, you know, you were in the left-hand lane. And I was like, yes, I was in the left-hand lane. I, I wasn't speeding. He goes, no, you weren't. You weren't speeding. But you can't be in the left-hand lane unless you're passing in New Mexico. And I'm like, what? I, that's a law? I didn't even know that was a law. I mean, there's no one else on the road. I am the only car within 50 miles of where I'm at right now. And you, you want to pull me over. But, but here's the thing. I was being intentional. I'm trying to go back to where I came from. I'm trying to get back home. That's it. That's my intention. I'm trying to drive home. But I didn't know all the, the rules. I didn't know the laws in, in New Mexico. So I wasn't being deliberate with my intention. I didn't own that because if I did, I would have been in the right-hand lane. But what I find in life is that many of us are in the wrong lane, zoned out, trying to head to where we want to go to, but we're not being deliberate with our intention. We're just sort of out there drifting, waiting for somebody to either push us back into the lane that we need to be in or someone to stop us and go, what are you doing? And that's sort of that... That, that experience that I had with the, with the cop. And, and so for me in my life now, I'm trying to take that role, I guess, of, of the cop. And I'm going to people stopping them saying, hey, do you understand you're in the left-hand lane and you're not passing anyone? You're in the left-hand lane and you're loitering out here. Either get back into the right-hand lane or move around the obstacle that's in front of you and keep moving forward. And, and I think that's the difference between trying to be intentional and living your life with deliberate intention. Are you just waiting for something to happen or are you making it happen? And I think that's how I would describe the difference between those two things. Mm -hmm. do, do you think those are looked at um, as one being positive, one being negative, or they just are? Because I'm trying to think back to with, with Bobby's you know, thought, you know, if, if givers gain, takers lose. And I, I look at the definition of intentional, for mm -hmm. instance, and intentional is more about being voluntary without hesitation, where deliberate intention, you know, that that's deciding something with some thoughtful evaluation of all the factors. It's, it's a little bit, you know, slow and measured, which, which fits into what you're saying, Bram, but to, to Bobby's point also, do you think, you know, you can be intentional just because it's a part of your natural day to day. This is how you think. You don't even have to worry about it and sit back and go, geez, I ought to, I ought to think about giving and being positive, which is kind of what he was saying. Yeah. I, what I would say is this, is that when you are using deliberate intention, you're being a conscious creator. Mm -hmm. When you are not, you're being an unconscious creator. Yeah. But is that a bad thing though? That's all I'm asking. Well, you're is, winging it. It, it. Yeah. It's not a bad, I don't think it's a bad thing. It's not a bad um, thing, but you're relying on luck rather than being deliberate with your attention and owning those things. And that's, mm -hmm. that's the big difference for me. You can be an unconscious. We're all unconscious creators if we don't yeah. own our values, right? Yeah. We're unconsciously creating the life that we have in front of us. If we knew what they were and we were able to speak those things into existence, then we're becoming a conscious creator, which has a far greater impact in our lives when we control yeah. these values and when they're going to show up and with whom and how you're going to engage them as opposed to being an unconscious creator. My point with his was you can be an unconscious giver mm -hmm. and you are still going to 
have some success. Yeah. But that success is by luck. You are, you are being original by accident. Unless you've, it's part of your behavior. You've done it enough and ultimately it's become a part of you where I don't, I don't, I don't think that's, that's not a thing. I I don't think, again, I think that's an unconscious creator. So if you are doing that, you're be my, the whole point for me was this going back to that position of your heart. Mm -hmm. So I want to be a giver, but I want to be a conscious giver. I don't want to be a giver because my mom, my dad, my, my, my grandmother, my great grandmother, I come from a line of givers. I don't care about that. Yeah. What I want to be is a conscious giver. Yeah. That's a great point. That is giving for the right reasons. And that is something that you have to own because why you give is different than why I give. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What, what, what do you think about that, Bobby? Well, I'm still a little uh, mixed on it. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, who we are. It's our makeup. It's our culture, um, who we, you know, give. And we all want to do the right thing. And, but, uh, you know, uh, if you're, if to deliver it, it means just, I guess it's been premeditated. Would, would you agree with that? Yes. That if is you correct. thought this thing out and this is what you want to do, but uh, it, intentional could, could almost be spur of the moment. Yeah. But I, uh, I, I see it I, honestly. I see it both ways. I, I really see it both ways. And and the main thing to me is you want to do the right thing. Yeah. You, you we all want to do the right thing. And and uh, it's uh, that's something I'm gonna have to study a little bit more. <laughs> to tell you the truth, honestly. I can. It's, uh, well, I can tell you. I think it's almost splitting hairs. I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but yeah. But see, um, I think there's a, there's a mile between these two things personally. And mm. for me, it's this, I can be intentional about wanting to do the right thing, but that doesn't mean I'm going to do it. Yeah. If I am deliberate with my intention, then I am making myself do the right thing and I'm not going to leave it to happen by accident. Yeah. Right. That's I, the, I see that now, yeah. but it's a, a different meaning. I like that. Yeah. Actually, yeah. when I first was, um, engaging with the South Carolina Restaurant Lodging Association. That's one of the questions that I asked is who doesn't have to be the president of the association at that time. I said, who in the audience would be not just the, the, the cool kid on a podcast, but who really represents the industry, represents the state. Um, and on honestly, when it came to community, charity, um, people really respecting, you know, it's about uh, honor and love. I mean, your name was the first one that they threw out there. So, well, you know, this is why nice. I, th- it's true. And, uh, it, but they only gave me, you know, 10 names and I picked yours out of a hat. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it, it, yeah, honestly, I'm changing, I'm it, changing my hairstyle. Back. <laughs> yes. I, I, we can talk. Hey, you want to talk hair care products? I can do that in a heartbeat. I, I think to brand's point of living with deliberate intention, um, you know, I, I do see that, this is how you and your wife and obviously your brand um, live. You know, you guys are living this and, and maybe now it might be a little bit more subconscious, but you've consciously decided this is how I'm going to behave and act and how we're going to give back. And so, you know, I, it, maybe it is splitting hairs. Maybe it is a mile, but I think it's worth putting it out there into the universe for people to sit back and think, don't let me get caught up in the thick of thin things. Let me think about how can I make my world, my employees, my people, my brand just a little bit better? But I know we can all agree that takers lose. They suck. <laughs> we, we do not like that at all. There's no doubt. Well, and, listen. And I, I yeah. tell you what, even over the years now, there have been some people that we knew were takers. Yeah. And sadly enough, 
you know, they're no longer in business. But we knew it was going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just can't go on forever like that. Yeah. But they're, they're no longer in business. So um, not that it feels good, but we wish they would have changed. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You but probably gave them a lot of just, opportunities. You, you, it's something, honestly, I, I think you're almost, you, you have to be born. I mean, I know you can change, but you, you've got, it's got to be your, like you say, it's got to be your culture yeah. to give. To give. Well, we can't all. Nobody be... wants to be taken advantage of. Yeah, it's the truth. We yep. just can't all be born in South Carolina. That's I know. just oh, unfortunately it's God's country. Yes, it is. Sure. Apparently. Hey, uh, Bobby, what are you working on now? I mean, is there um, before we sort of wrap up here? Do you guys have some growth plans? Are you working on some well, uh, secret squirrel mission? Well, what are we? Um, what we have got fifteen restaurants and. Um, We've been in business 40 years, and the buildings are getting old. The, uh, so we're going, taking one at a time right now and com- closing them, completely remodeling them. Oh, wow. And putting in, you know, uh, handicap, make sure that handicap accessible is even better. Nice restrooms, bigger tables, bigger booths. People have gotten bigger over the years, believe it or not. <laughs> and, and, and we've taken over a lot of restaurants that have closed. We've got several Shoney's. We've got Long John Silver's. Mm. We've got Grandy's. So we've converted convert them. So right now we are, we've probably done six in the last three years. And so not all of them need doing it, but we're trying to keep it fresh. And, you know, after 40 years, we're getting a whole new customer now, yeah. uh, unfortunately. A lot of our original customers are uh, passing, passing yeah. on, and so, um, uh, but so we're trying to still get that the new customer, the millennials. Yeah, which uh, I, I have two children in the business with me, and 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 a niece that um, social media is a big part of our, our advertising now, and so that's what we are trying to get these young families through social media. So. Yeah. We hope to build some more restaurants, but but it's uh, we we like all our family living here in Columbia, and so uh, maybe we'll franchise our our uh, due to owner operator or something like that. But okay. uh, we still want to grow. We still want to grow. Okay, fantastic. That sounds awesome. Where where can uh, people stay connected to you? I would assume obviously through the website, but anything personally that you want to give out, or if you want to share the website address. Well, it's. Uh, com. Yeah. And then um, we, is, is our website. And uh, But something we haven't gotten into, we have not gotten into delivery. We're, uh, we're really having a tough we, – we did delivery once upon a time, but we're just a little scared of it right now. So yeah. There's a lot of different companies out there, and you don't yeah. know who they are. I mean, we've got people coming to our restaurants now we've never even heard of, picking up food, yeah, yeah. delivering it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes so me nervous. I'm, I'm, you know, it works Maybe. for some brands, but uh, you, you honestly, you can't tell. Um, I can give you some horror stories of just people that are picking up somebody else's food, and it's, you know, I'm sure it works. Um, but you know, for for your business, knowing that you're a family owned and and the exact menu items that you do, I'm not sure it would work very well to to travel from a distance. You know, you may think differently, but you know, it's also about the experience of eating together in the restaurant. What? Well, I, we do a tremendous carryout business, but, you know, people, uh, we've been here so long, people in Columbia trust us. They yeah. know they can trust when they come to our restaurant. And when you have some of these 
some of these uh, delivery companies are just off the wall. And we, we just had some show up last week we've never even heard of. And, <laughs> and they were giving people prices from a six-year-old menu. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, and so uh, – so it's been tough, and it's, it's took uh, it's a legal battle just to get them off get off their website. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a it's a mess, but uh, you know, I, I, we want people to feel like uh, if it's got our name on it, you know, we stand behind it. Sure. And so that's why we've been very careful about delivery. But everybody else is doing it nowadays. I mean, it's it's gone kind of crazy. I but, think it's uh, that uh, women's clothing business. They're trying to capitalize on uh, on your name. <laughs> They're trying to get into food <laughs> delivery. Who, who, they who are they? They want to add uh, the S. Yes. yes. They yes. they I desperately want that S. That's right. Yeah. I hope they uh, hope they're successful. They might want to buy us. Yes. Right. That would that'd be, be perfect. Okay too. Yeah, that'd be perfect yeah. for you. Actually, I'm, I'm, I need to make a phone call and just... <laughs> and stomp on them. Know. I mean, shake yes. hands with them. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Why absolutely. not? That'd be perfect. Well, listen, we can't thank you enough, Bobby, for spending some time. And like I said, thank people talk guys. very highly of you and uh, your thought was fantastic. And uh, we, we hope to see you down the road at some point. And we really appreciate Jim, your time. Thank you, Jim. I, I, honestly, I, uh, when I left uh, your, your talk, there were other people in the room that I've been in the restaurant business with for years, and we both, we, we just couldn't believe it. We, like I said, we knew this stuff. We forgot this stuff, and we needed yeah. a, a jolt. And so it, it was really incredible. I'm going to tell you that was, uh, it's, uh, I can't say it's quite life-changing, but it really put a pep in my step when I left there. So I, I do appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for saying that. If for no other reason, you say it in front of Brant, which is great for me <laughs> and great for my head. So, yeah. thank thank you for that. I well, had we'll a lot find, of fun. We'll find Brant at, at another seminar. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. His probably will yeah. be life changing. That mine are life changing. <laughs> that's the difference. Yes, mine was very tactical. His will change your life. That's right. <laughs> well, you're fantastic, and, and uh, we hope to talk to you soon. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Rock Take care. Okay. All Take right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Hey, rock stars, thanks so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to make sure you don't ever miss an episode. And if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, we're exclusively represented by Kepler Speakers, the industry's leading resource for booking conference keynotes. To start your unforgettable experience, go to KeplerSpeakers.com. Until next time, rock rock on. on. Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you want to be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement with a purpose and a passion, whether you're 25, 85, or any age in between. Gain actionable financial and mindset tips from your favorite authors, podcasters, and influencers to help you reach that exciting next chapter. Listen now and start building your path to financial freedom and reframing what retirement can mean to you. This is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate.